Don't use the whistle right now. I can't. There's so many wolves oh around. <laughs> Headaches for everyone. Also, because it's the second time that day, there's a chance it may explode. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you can keep using it, but it might blow up. Yeah. <laughs> that and also so many wolves. Is this all the same day? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really? You've had the longest day known to man. It's been wild. We woke up at camp this morning and we started making our way back into town and we found Ivan and chased Iris and then blah, blah, blah. And now here we this are. This is wild. It's been- The thing, though, is that this isn't the longest day ever because the entire forgotten court was like 24 hours. Wow. Yep. Yeah. We basically lived that shit in real time. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Bad Heroes. I think that it's warranted that we check the Quaisine just to make sure that it hasn't been spiked. Hey, no food yet, because it is not time yet to party, so oh don't touch God. that food. You stand in front of Solus, who is looking very serious. The Quaisine is inert. This won't do anything to calm anyone. For a full moon festival, negating the effects of the Quaisine is almost as bad as reversing it intentionally to use against someone. Pax, who else is sympathetic towards Lena's school of thought that the natural order of predator and prey is what should be at play? I mean, you you heard Lena and Ning getting into it, right? Ning doesn't put up with that shit. Riva unsheathes a dagger from her belt and flicks it at a tree, and it lands in the trunk and reappears at her side. There's only one other thing that I saw doing that in this village, Pax. Are you talking about Lena's little necklace thing? Imagine a blade like that is laced with the inverse of Quaisine, hits its target, and leaves no trace. Look, listen... Just because she could have done it doesn't mean she did. Even if you're right, we don't have time. The sun is going down, and we need to catch Iris. Ira is going to pull out the Seeker's Pendant and really keep that image of Iris running in his mind while he's holding the pendant. Don't get scratched. Don't get bit. Iris is going to be miserable enough about Ivan. Let's not give her something else to mourn. The Guardians take off. Autumn leaves crunching beneath their paws as you leave the werewolf enclave behind. You go deeper into the woods. Finally, Pax slows. In the center of the clearing, Iris stands on all fours, bent over a deer carcass. You hear a sickening crack as her massive jaws rip one of the fallen deer's back legs clean off. And you're very aware now that your entire head could fit in her jaws easily and meet teeth like knives. So you four, mounted on the backs of guardians Pax, Harlow, and Solus, stand in a forest clearing facing Iris. She is crouched over a deer carcass looking completely feral. You have been encouraged by Pax to do as much damage to her as you can, so that she will be forced to shift back into her elven form, and you can take her back to the capital city of Vire, and away from whatever influence has a grip on her otherwise gentle soul. This is the wild hunt. Let's roll initiative. And battle music time. I got a 14. I'm at 18. Also 18. 21. 
<laughs> okay. And I didn't say that weird. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> didn't you? You definitely did. <laughs> 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> Do Tonry and I have to compare decks? Yeah, go ahead and compare decks. What's your, what's your decks at, fam? <laughs> uh, 17. <laughs> so my modifier is 3. Oh shit, mine's 17 and my modifier's three. Oh, no. Roll off! Gotta do rocks, paper, scissors. Arm wrestle. <laughs> roll off. <laughs> I rolled a five. Uh, I rolled a five. Fuck. Fuck <laughs> it, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. I was like, I surely lost this one because I rolled a five. <laughs> I'm rolling again a uh, two. 14, there we go. Okay, okay. all right. God. Also, I'm glad I got that roll on a bullshit thing that I had to do, so okay. <laughs> So Iris rolled a natural 20. Shit. And has some stuff to add to that. So Iris is going to go first. Cool. I was going to say, doesn't nat 20 not really matter with initiative? It doesn't matter. But it it does make it higher. But she does have a a crisp (laughs) initiative modifier that gives her an extra bonus when she's in the woods. So Iris opens her jaws, her long, sharp teeth wet with blood and viscera and lets out a roar that you feel claw its way up your spine and straight into your brain. And just like that, it's back. That feeling you all had the first time you stared down the guardians. That in this moment, you are prey, outclassed and outmatched by something built to rend flesh from bone, a streamlined predator. And you are afraid. Give me a will saving throw. Please not try again. Okay, better. 25. 21. 24. Gideon. Sorry, I was looking at a text. During my cool narrative, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, 18 plus, what was it again? Five. 23. Okay. All right, so you all feel that fear, but you don't let it stop you. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Go team. No spoilies, but I was going to send you all running away. (laughs) Ira, you're up first. (laughs) I just, she hasn't done anything to us yet. So. If you want to slip in like a little insight roll, sense motive roll. Sure. Let's do that. Oh, God. (laughs) 13. (laughs) Well, the good news is. I don't think that you have to be super with it to tell that she wants to kill you. <laughs> okay. So I just uh, wasted that roll <laughs> on something that was probably really obvious. And that's that's a freebie. You can still do something in your turn. Okay. I'm just going to start my Inspire Courage performance is what I'll do. Okay. How do you perform? Ira is going to play his drum. Yeah, yeah. Because... In the heat of battle, not everyone's going to be watching Ira as much as he would like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you you begin playing your drum, and it's honestly very cool. You approach this werewolf on the back of other werewolves and then reach (laughs) down and start playing your drum. Uh And that drum beat fills Gideon, Tonrir, and Reva with courage and strength. Gideon, it's you. It's me. Okay, the first thing she's going to do then is to load up some of those multiplying spikes. Okay. Because it it says it fills a 10-foot radius, and so I want to try and 
keep her from running away or moving within the area. Okay, great. Multiplying spikes, a miniature iron caltrop so light it can be easily thrown or launched with a sling. This small spike multiplies on impact into several dozen spikes which fill a 10-foot radius and deal 1d4 piercing damage to any creature moving within the affected area. Creatures standing still are unaffected. Okay. So you launch that at Iris, yeah? Yeah. Oh, did you need me to roll? <laughs> no. You just, I think okay. you just, I think you just do it. just do it. You just do it. So if she moves, I'm going to deal 1d4 piercing damage to her. Tonry, you're up. Tonry's going to follow that up with Thorny Entanglement. Okay. We're pulling out all the stops here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not fucking around. <laughs> Literally all the stops. Ha! Ah, oh, my God. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so I'll describe this. It functions as entangle, except the plants also grow thorns and can fling them up to 15 feet. Any creature that moves within 15 feet of the spell's area is attacked once on its turn by the animated plants. Okay. Uh, the plants use your caster level as their base, base attack bonus, and your spell casting ability score modifier is added as well to the attack roll. A volley of thorns counts as a thrown weapon and deals 2d6 points of piercing damage on a successful hit. Okay. You best not move, Iris. <laughs> so I get to do a save to avoid the entangled condition. Cool. Um, reflex partial. Oh, is it partial because it's just the entanglement piece? Yeah, it doesn't stop you yeah. from the damage. It just won't hold her in place. That makes sense. Reflex. And you said it's 14? Yeah. Okay. She is too fast. She manages to avoid becoming entangled, but she is not able to avoid the thorns that are going to strike her soon. Do the caltrops hinder her on that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think she probably has to step on them to avoid this. So let's deal some damage. Just a reminder, there's plus two on an attack and weapon damage rolls. Okay. Yeah, good. I don't think that will apply to the caltrops because I don't think they can be motivated. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> they're very courageous caltrops. So brave, these caltrops. Okay, so Iris steps to the side to avoid these thorns that are trying to entangle her, and she walks across the caltrops, and it hurts her. Next in the order is Reva. Reva's just going to pull one of the daggers that's coated with the quisine out and throw it at Iris. Okay. Yeah, give me a ranged attack. 23. Okay, that hits. That is three. Okay. Plus two. Oh yeah, five. So your strike is boosted by this drumbeat that you hear beside you motivating you. And your knife sinks into Iris. I think it sinks into the upper part of her chest. And then just like that, it disappears and reappears on your belt. Okay. All right. It's Iris's turn. And she takes damage now, Tanra? Yep. Okay. That is nine points of damage. Okay. Tonver, what do these vines look like that are slashing at Iris? So the vines are, of course, they look a little bit unnatural just because of how fast they move up from the earth. And when they attack, they whip thorns out from the vine toward the target that's intended. So you just see this like whip and thorns and it just hits into the fur and the thorns are probably small enough that they can't be immediately seen once they've entered. But anybody that's got a keen enough eye can see the thorns flying through the air. So she's just getting battered by these thorny vines. And what is the 
illusory Gideon and Pax doing right now? They're basically mirroring what the real Pax and Gideon are doing, but just standing about five feet away. Okay. So they're not any closer or further from Iris than the real Pax and Gideon. They're just sort of standing there as an extra decoy. Right. Like just as part of the ring of werewolves that are surrounding Iris at the moment. Okay. All right. I did a quick little roll and Iris is going to take the bait. So Iris, she is able to like charge out of this entangled zone and she charges towards Pax and Gideon. Roll your damage for the spikes. I will. Thank you. You got the spicy feet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she <laughs> runs over those caltrops and it sucks. All right. So all she does this turn is she gets out of that danger zone. So she's super close now. You were like 30 feet. She comes 15 feet closer. Was she running towards the image of them or the actual them? She's running towards them both. Okay. So she is now 15 feet away from Pax and Gideon and fake Pax and Gideon. Does the illusion mimic what we do? Or is it just kind of stationary until you tell it to do something? It's as visualized by me. So if I'm looking over at you, then I can make it mimic your movements. Okay. So that's Iris's turn. Something weird happens. Of course it does. Everyone except Gideon. Hello? <laughs> you hear a voice. Don't like that. But you don't hear it with your ears. You hear it with your mind. It is unnaturally flat, devoid of character, and you cannot identify it. And from context clues, you can tell that the guardians hear it too because they look quite freaked out. And this voice says, How is it to come face to face with your true nature, guardians? Does this mean I'm a guardian now? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been promoted. And so Gideon's just sitting there clueless. Yeah, Gideon has no idea what's going on. <laughs> okay. And and Pax underneath you goes, who the fuck? Show yourself. Gideon just says, what are you talking about? You don't hear it? That voice? Hear what? What, what voice? Man. Pax looks to the rest of you. Tonra nods, just affirmation. I think Ira is just kind of like looking up again and trying to figure out a, a direction from where the voice came or seeing if, if he can see anything. The voice doesn't seem to be coming from anywhere except in your own mind. There is no direction up, right, down, left, right. Like it's, it's just in your head. And Gideon looks around and is like, is everyone hearing this voice? Are, are you not? Tonra, he's just taking a shot in the dark, but he's going to say, what? Were you tired of going up against your mother in terms of your philosophy? You hear that flat voice laugh, and then you hear it again. And the person who looks most bothered by this voice is Pax. And you get the impression that right now, this voice isn't really talking to you. And that voice says, You know this is what you really are, right? A bloodthirsty animal. Go ahead. Take Iris down in blood and glory. Prove me right. And Pax says, I don't know who the hell that is, but we need to ignore them. We're here for Iris and nothing else matters right now. Don't let it distract you. 
And Gideon looks to Tonrir very confused. Are we able to make any more saving throws? So how this is going to work is on your turn, people who can hear it are going to roll a will save. If you fail it, you're going to take a penalty on your attack. All right. So next in the order is Ira. Okay, Ira is going to switch his performance to counter song. Okay, all right. I think that would work for this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So he's going to stop his Inspire Courage and start Counter Song with his turn. Smart. Counter Song. A bard learns to counter magical effects that depend on sound. Each round, he makes a perform check. Any creature within 30 feet of the bard, including the bard himself that is affected by sonic or language-dependent attack, may use the bard's perform check in place of its saving throw. If the perform check is higher. So you're going to roll this perform check and they can use it to try to get out of this if it's good. Oh, it is 16 plus 8, which is a number. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's 24. <laughs> it, it's a number. Okay, so for this round, you are all able to focus on the drum beat instead of the voice. What voice? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Ira, your turn is that you switch that song. Gideon, you're up. So Gideon's very confused because all she heard was Tonrir talking to the air and Pax also talking to the air. So Iris is 15 feet away. Mm-hmm. She's looking back and forth between the real you and Pax and the fake you and Pax. Okay, and how exactly does it work? To Are we basically counting movement while mounted just as regular movement? The Guardians are going to try to keep you close to her. And they can move as fast as she can. Okay. But if there's something movement-based that you want to do, just let me know. How do potions work, like consuming a thing? Like, is it a standard action? Drinking a potion is a move action. A move action? You can drink it as a move action or a standard action. That will not work. Damn it, that was going to be so cool. Is it very cool? How cool is it? Rate it on a coolness scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, rate it on my scale. <laughs> I was like, a coolness scale? <laughs> Yeah, rate it on a scale of coolnesses. Is it very cool? I think it's pretty cool. Okay, you can do it. Drinking a potion will be a free action. Okay. Gideon is going to quickly fish out that hide from animals potion and down it. Okay. Cool. So animals cannot see, hear, or smell the warded creature. Even extraordinary or supernatural sensory capabilities uh, cannot detect or locate warded creatures. Mm Mm-hmm. So you just go invisible and unsmellable and unhearable? Mm-hmm. That's pretty sick. Huh. If a worded character touches an animal or attacks any creature, even with a spell, the spell ends for all recipients. Okay. If you touch her or you attack her, then you're visible again. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the plan here? Fuck it. I'm gonna waste this potion, basically. <laughs> it's not a waste if you have fun. <laughs> So, yeah, Gideon downs the potion, becomes invisible, and then is going to leap off of Pax's back, trying to leap onto Iris. And Holy shit. in midair, she grows her claws out. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my fuck. <laughs> in her final act. <laughs> oh, shit. She grows her claws out and then using her claws, breaks open that vial that Solus gave her to coat her claws. Mm-hmm. And then attacks... Iris with claws. 
Okay, you rolled a hit. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> That's very cool. I am very scared for you. Oh, you know. I mean, this is cool though because like that potion let you get the approach, let you get the surprise. And so you're- That's why I was like, is she looking at me? Because <laughs> I can't do it if she's looking at me. <laughs> so it's gonna be against her flat-footed AC. So you have a better chance to hit. Nice. And basically what I'm going for is to just use the coated claws and inject the quisine tincture into her. Okay. What part of her are you swiping at? Should it be in bloodstream? Like, should I go for her neck? Yeah, neck is good. Okay. So yeah, Gideon's trying to basically jump onto Iris and sink her claws into her neck to inject the quisine and then just kind of hold on for dear life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good luck. So this is, I mean, truth be told, this is too many things to fit in an action, but we're going to do it anyway. So <laughs> I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you roll to hit. Okay. And then I'm going to have you do a combat maneuver because you're, you're trying to both hit her and then grapple her to stay on her. Okay. The coating the, the claws thing, I tried to just put that into the... It's a free... Because the growing the claws is also a free action. So the jump and attack is really the thing. Yeah, that works. Okay. This is cool. So we're kind of, we're playing Calvin Ball with the rules a little bit. It's fine. It's my final action as a living person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since it's the last thing you're going to do on this earth, then you might as well get a couple free actions. Basically, Gideon's leaping invisibly to Iris's back and then immediately trying to sink her claws into Iris's neck. Cool. Give me a combat maneuver roll. Oh, boy. <gasps> 18... Plus one for CMB. 19. Oh, God. (laughs) I regret everything. (laughs) I am not sure if being flat-footed is supposed to impact CMD, but it makes sense to me that in this situation it would. Because she didn't see you coming. She has no idea you're there. So, yes, let's go ahead and say you get a good grip on her. Gideon raises both of her hands up into the air and just plunges the claws, the coated claws, into oh God. the fleshy part of Iris's neck. Okay, roll to hit. It basically, since she's on her back, it looks like, you know how you give someone like a shoulder massage? Yes. <laughs> this is a spicy shoulder massage. Yeah, she's doing that and just like sinking her claws into the neck and shoulder meat. Okay, all right, roll to hit. Oh God. Oh no, <gasps> that's a nat 20. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh my God. All right, okay. My little octopus on my dice. Oh, it's a kraken, I guess. You plunge your claws into Iris's neck. Give me damage. Jesus. So you make two claw attacks. Each of these attacks deals 1d4 damage plus strength. Well, first one was four, but my strength modifier is minus one, so it's a three. Okay. <laughs> Second one was also a four minus one, so three. Okay, so six damage. That's awesome. You were in a terrifying position, but that was awesome. But I injected the quisine, and it's up to y'all to save me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So Gideon is now visible on Iris's back. Both claws sunk into Iris's neck. Iris has just gotten another injection of quisine, and lets out a furious roar. Antonra, it is your turn. <clears throat> I, I apologize for how complicated I'm about to make things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Good. Always what you want to hear. We're the bad heroes. We're the bad heroes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to aye, swap aye, aye. out my 
level three slotted spell speak with plants for summon nature's ally three. Okay. Can you do that in the middle of a fight? You can just switch your stuff up? Yeah, it is a, a spontaneous cast. Okay. All right. Summon nature's ally. Uh, three. So and I'm going to try to summon <laughs> okay. 1d3 second level creatures of a particular type. Uh-huh. That's going to be three. Uh-huh. I, again, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I love you. You're a wonderful person. <laughs> I'm summoning three giant spiders. <laughs> ah! Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, um. Oh, hey, no. Make a fear saving throw. <laughs> Tonry. <laughs> <laughs> you should be scared shitless anyway. I'm not doing any worse for you. <laughs> okay, let's see. Which saving throw? Sorry, will? It's a will will saving throw. Okay, at least I have iron will. <laughs> Does counter song help with that? Or only is it just... against like a like a verbal oh, right. auditory okay. things? Yeah. These mind. spiders are very very visible. <laughs> They're they are human sized uh, spiders. So, okay, Toner. Tell me how these three spiders come into being. Do they crawl out of the earth or? <laughs> Tonrir oh looks toward the wood line that is now darker. And he holds his hands up in the air in the number of eight fingers. Mm. And he goes, Toloth Telk Uin Taur. And he summons, after a few moments, three spiders that are human sized. From the woods. The fuck? And they are running toward oh, the Oh, what fight. the? Okay, so. Hey. Gideon is clinging on Dyrus's back and looking like. <laughs> Protect me from these spiders. Kind of like triumphant <laughs> about the fact that she managed to land this and like her claws are still digging into to Iris. And then she looks up and <laughs> sees this and her eyes are just saucers. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. My will saving throw. That's another nat twenty. Okay. Okay. I'm such a badass hey. that that's terrifying. But I'm I ain't gonna let it keep me down. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think you're not scared of spiders anymore. I think you are confronting your fear. Nice. This dice is gonna have to be retired because it's doing so good. <laughs> it's doing so well. I don't trust that it'll do well again. You didn't get a weighted dice, did you? No, it's the same dice I've been using. Huh, okay. It's all 20s, baby. Today is just its lucky day. Okay. Very cool. Um, do these three giant spiders attack? Yes, um, and I'm, I'll try to keep the rounds pretty quick. Thanks. Because I do have the ability to talk with animals. I can give direct commands to them. Okay. So the first one that arrives is going to do a web attack. Okay. And it's to just try and <laughs> snare Iris once more. Okay. And that's going to be a DC of 12 to avoid. So they're just spitting webs around her. And it's a reflex, right? Uh, yes. Okay. She manages to dodge that. Okay. The other two are going to come in and do an attack. Okay. And it's going to be, yeah, so it's a 17. No, that doesn't hit. Okay. And the third one will do the same. Uh, 18. Nope, that doesn't hit. Okay. So now there are three spiders that... Iris has to contend with that are hovering around. I hate it. That's my turn. Hey, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we all do. All right, Reva. Okay. So Reva's going to nudge Harlow with her feet, and she's going to say, hey, can you get us closer? Damn right I can. (laughs) Nice. All right. (laughs) Yeah, Harlow is ready to go. So if you want Harlow to, like, leap into melee range... They will do it. 
Yeah, can they do that? Okay, yeah, Harlow leaps forward. And I think as they get close, Harlow is gonna do a strike and that hits as hell. So Harlow takes a good, good swipe at Iris with their claws, which are covered in like a leather glove, but are still sharp at the end and swipes across Iris's chest. Okay. Now you. Now me. Reva's gonna glance over her shoulder and says to Tonrir, take my hand and <laughs> sort of shoves her left hand at Tonrir. Okay. okay. Got a good grip? <laughs> He'll take it with his right hand because his left one's holding the bow. Okay. While holding on to Tonrir, she's gonna slide off the saddle and be kind of sideways on the side of Harlow to get kind of low. And she's swinging the flail in her right hand. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. Um, And as they charge past, she is going to swing the chain at Iris's feet, try to get them tangled up, and she's going to attempt to trip her. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. All right. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. That should be a combat maneuver to trip somebody. (laughs) Sure is. So let's get that sweet combat maneuver roll. Oh my god, it's a that one! Oh, oh, oh shit! shit. Oh, oh god! Um. <laughs> okay, so so let me get this right. Oh, you are dangling off the side of Harlow. <laughs> you have Conroy holding onto one of your hands, and in the other hand, you hold your flail, and oh, you no. try to trip Iris's legs up in this flail as Harlow does like a sprint by, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think you try to twist Iris's legs up in this flail, but instead what happens is the flail tugs you right off of <coughs> Harlow, right Shit. out of Tonra's hands and directly at Iris's feet and you are prone. Oh. Ooh. Cool. Which means that next move, all you can do is get up. Bad heroes. <laughs> 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 Hey, this is Dre Silvertooth, and thank you for listening to episode 37 of Bad Heroes, part 12 of the Wild Hunt arc. This episode, the previous episode, and the episode after this one are all part of one monster recording session. (laughs) It was more than five hours of recording and a wild ride from start to finish, so I hope that you are enjoying the middle of all of the action. (laughs) I certainly enjoyed running it. This week, I have a promo for a show to share with you that is right up my alley. Literally up my alley, because it's set in the state I live in. Monster Hour is a Monster of the Week podcast that takes place in Colorado. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. That was Monster Hour. 
and you can find them on Twitter at MonsterHourPod. Next, I have an exciting announcement to make. Our long-awaited Bad Heroes merch shop is officially launching on August 21st! (laughs) We'll have shirts, hats, stickers, and some fun surprises in store for you. And we can't wait for you to see it. Keep an eye out for our announcement on social media. You can find us at Bad Heroes Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bad Heroes. It starts at just $2 a month and is a ton of fun. We have monthly game nights with our interested patrons, a special Discord to chat about the episodes and life, and a growing collection of patron-only content. We've got everything from episode bloopers to Q&As and art sketches. Also, it's just really amazing when people use their money to support us. It really means the world to us, and it helps us keep going and make the show the best it can be. Once again, that's patreon.com slash badheroes. If you want to support us with a one-time donation, may I recommend our Kofi? ko-fi.com slash badheroes. With that, you can toss us a few bucks that say, hey, I'm enjoying this. Good job. And if money is not in the cards, then you can help us for free by introducing our show to a friend or leaving us a review on Apple or Podchaser. Music in this episode is Plague by Kai Engel, Rhythmic Pulse by Daniel Birch, and Prelude and Action and Movement Proposition by Kevin McLeod. Our theme is Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. We also use the sound effect by Cat Foker on freesound.org. Lastly, we want to thank Roll20 for sponsoring our show. I think that is all. The next episode will be out on August 27th. See you then. Okay, so you look up at Iris, and she still has blood and viscera dripping from her jaws, and she is furious. She is stabbed in the throat currently by Gideon. I think you and Gideon exchanged some maybe nervous eye contact. You can see Gideon's (laughs) face from over Iris's shoulder like, "Uh uh-oh. And Iris looks down at you and opens her jaws. Fuck. And then... (laughs) And then Pax rushes in. Hey, hey! Speaking of Pax, did they respond at all to Gideon's bullshit? Oh yeah, Pax's <laughs> jaw is like open, and Pax like Pax rushes up, and as Iris goes to like slam both hands down on top of you, Riva, and also my concentration is for sure broken, yeah. so that oh, silent yeah. image flickers out. <laughs> it's gone. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> so Pax lunges up and like catches Iris's claws in their hands. So Iris and Pax are kind of standing over you, Reva, with their hands clasped, and they're both snarling in each other's faces. It's like a very terrifying London bridge. (laughs) Oh my god. The worst London bridge. (laughs) And Pax says, what did I say about not getting bit? You said not to. Yeah, what did they say? (laughs) (laughs) Reva just shouts, that wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) And what about this, Gideon? Was this supposed to happen? (laughs) I mean, you can't get bit if you're on the back of someone, right? Uh, Yeah, I'm...
I'm not in the mouse danger, danger zone. zone. Oh I'm not okay. in the chompy zone. As they're holding this pose, Rora and Orland <laughs> approach from the back, and both of them manage to take slashes at Iris and deal some damage. Oh, that's pretty good. Where are they slashing her? The side, carefully. <laughs> the leg, I guess, seems a bit chaotic. They're wearing those leather gloves to be mindful of exactly this situation. <laughs> Thank you very much. So three of the guardians are on her, and Gideon is quite literally on her back, and Riva is beneath her. Cool. Yeah, cool and good. It's been a while since we got in a good old fight. This is fun. Yeah. It just seems fitting to me that out the gate, Gideon would do something reckless. I like it a lot. It is very bad idea, but I like it a lot. <laughs> so... This happens. Iris is stabbed by Gideon, struck by Rora, and Orland has Riva at her feet. And her hands are being held by Pax. Her hands are being held by Pax. And Iris, outmatched, attempts to run. With Gideon on her still? <laughs> yep. With Gideon on her still. <laughs> Rodeo check. <laughs> so she manages to break out of Pax's grip. Because Pax is mostly trying to stop her from striking you. And Iris leaps out of the fray. Goodbye, Gideon. (laughs) 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 And Gideon just goes, look after my book. (laughs) (laughs) And Gideon, you are along for this ride. So Iris just like darts through this clearing with supernatural speed, leaving just massive paw prints in the mud in her wake. Does that provoke an attack of opportunity because she's leaving? Yeah, everybody gets an attack of opportunity. Let's do it. Okay, Riva still on the ground. Actually, I don't think prone characters get an attack of opportunity. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> Everybody else gets an attack of opportunity. Riva's rolling around in the mud. <laughs> okay, Pax misses. Pax misses, Rora and Orland hit. So as Iris tries to run away, Rora and Orland both get swipes out on her. Gideon. I suppose she's not really moving out of she's your She's not really. Gideon's moving with her. <laughs> Square's moving with her. Okay. But your turn Your turn will be soon. Okay. Tonver, you can take one. Okay. <laughs> Me and my whole army that I have. <laughs> oh, oh, God. You and the spiders all get melee strikes. And Rolthawine, for that matter. Okay. Yep. You and your... Freaking four animal birds. Army of animals. My zoo. I have a zoo <laughs> with me. Yes. Your mobile terrifying zoo. Okay. First one's going to be for just a arrow attack. And that's going to be arranged. So that'll be. For an attack of opportunity, I think it has to be melee. Oh. Attack of opportunity is a single melee attack. Okay. I guess I'll use the dagger for that then. So that's going to be 17. Okay. So you attempt to stab her with a dagger. Mm-hmm. Okay. You miss. Okay. Next, spiders, 17. Uh, Nope, that misses. Uh, 21. That misses. Okay. And that's going to be crappy of 14. Yep, no dice. Okay. Thanks, spiders. I've got three (laughs) rounds left on them. All right. Hey, Gideon. Mm Mm-hmm. Give me a ride check. Let's just see how you're doing. Ride is dexterity and... You can add five to your ride check because you have your claws firmly ensconced <laughs> in Iris's neck. So you would be pretty hard pressed to fall off. If anything, it would just be my legs slip and I'm just like a rag doll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, 16 plus five, 21. 
Okay, yeah, you're good. You're holding on good. You have your legs, like, clamped around her shoulders, I would say, so you're not flopping in the breeze, which is good. A hilarious mm-hmm. mental image. All right, so we are going to switch modes. We are going to switch into a chase scene. I think I'm winning this chase. <laughs> <laughs> the goal in this scene isn't necessarily to keep up because the guardians are responsible for that and they can match her speed as long as you ride them. The goal will be to deal damage and take damage while you move. So, do you all pursue? Yeah. Yes. You following too, Ira? Yeah. Okay. Can I do a thing? Yeah, yeah, Gideon. Go ahead and take a reflexive action. It's not a thing in the game, but like, <laughs> you seem excited, so let's do it. <laughs> I just, I was just figuring because it would make sense okay. that this would be how it would happen. So if Iris is taking off, running away from the group, as soon as Gideon realizes that she's in for a wild ride, she would be a little bit scared. And I think that <laughs> just she- Just a little bit? Just a, a bit, little? A little, a smidge. She would be kind of have like an oh shit moment. And that strong emotion coming out of her mm, mm-hmm. would have her cast Ice Lick, which is creating a blast of intense cold that radiates from her. Okay. Do you roll for that or something? No, I just do it because I'm magic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This works because I think Iris slipping on this ice slick buys the rest of you time to catch up. Yeah. Basically, it's a five-foot radius burst from me, instantaneous, which just (laughs) to create a mental picture kind of seems like if you were attached to a werewolf running away and your- A thing that happens commonly. (laughs) Magic was kind of emotional (laughs) Uh that she would just kind of like burst- That element out of her. Mm -hmm. But any creature in the area when it is cast Mm -hmm. takes 1d6 points of cold damage plus one point per caster level and falls prone. Unless you succeed at a reflex save, you take half damage and don't fall prone. Okay, so I'll do a reflex save for you. That's going to be a 21. Well, what the shit? (laughs) She's literally a giant werewolf. Reflexes are going to be the thing. <laughs> I figured she'd be distracted or something. Jeez. Okay, so she doesn't fall prone, but she takes half of the damage. Half damage, yes. So it's, uh, that's a three plus five, eight. Okay. So half of that, it's four. This shock of ice bursts out of you and Iris slips on the ice for a minute. doesn't fall prone, but slips and it also damages her. And that gives the rest of you time to mount up and catch up. So tell me really quick how you all mount up. It's just me. Okay. (laughs) I didn't want to be shitty. It's just me. (laughs) But Reva, tell me how you get your life together. Technically, Pax is free now, too. Right. Oh, that's true. And I think Pax was right next to you because they caught the claws. Yeah. Reva looks up at Pax and... Kind of looks a little sheepish for what just happened. (laughs) The whoopsie. (laughs) But yeah, she just like jumps to her feet, still holding the flail and says, uh, hey, mind if I get a lift? Get on. Reva jumps on Pax's back. May I have this wolfie back? (laughs) (laughs) So you all mount up and you all blast off after Iris. Tonra riding Harlow, Reva riding Pax, and Ira riding Solus. And Gideon (laughs) riding Iris. (laughs) Inexplicably. You all follow Iris back between the trees, the sound of her footsteps pounding rhythmically and quick in the silence. It feels as if the forest has stopped breathing, holding its breath for the length of this hunt. Ira, you are up. We're chasing her. Mm -hmm. Do we need to roll handle animal again? Does my 
previous handle animal continue on? That's what I need to know. You can go ahead and, and roll handle animal again and see if you do any better. Is that ride? Ride. You can roll ride. 13. God damn it. You're doing fine. I mean, if I were you, I wouldn't take both your hands off of your ride. Okay, so I can't use my crossbow. If you decide to use your crossbow, I'm going to have you do a little check to see if you fall off. Right, okay. If it's my turn, I can change performances, because I don't think we need countersong anymore, do we? Well, we don't know. You don't know. Ira is going to change back to Inspire Courage. Okay, great. Are you doing that with your drum? Let's do spoken word. Ira will say a little poem while they're riding. Twigs that snap under leaves, flash of fur in the trees, forge ahead through the thick, towards the wolf, black as ink, with red blood on her fangs, towards the one who has slain, the one promise she fractured, now the peace has been tattered, a guardian has done wrong, the wild hunt must go on. So Iris says that cool poem and gives you all courage and strength going forward. Gideon, it's you. So Gideon is not going to take her hands off of (laughs) Iris. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And instead is going to do a touch spell. Mm. Uh, Chill touch, a touch from your hand, which glows with blue energy, disrupts the life force of living creatures. Okay. Each touch channels negative energy that deals 1d6 points of damage. Touch creature also takes one point of strength damage. Okay. A four for the... Negative energy damage, but how does ability damage work again? Damage to your strength score causes you to take penalties on strength-based skills. It's like constitution damage except for strength, basically. So just one point of strength damage? Yes. You can try a fortitude saving throw. Um, That's not going to do it. <laughs> she rolled a four. Okay, so she takes five points of damage and is minus one on strength. So Gideon just heard claws that are still inside Iris's flesh just glow blue, and she casts that spell. Very cool. I think Iris roars in rage and, like, tries to shake you off, but she's unsuccessful. Quit it. <laughs> she wishes you would quit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tanri, you're up. Sure. Uh, loosing an arrow. Mm-hmm. To hit. Uh, 24 on that one. Be careful! That'll <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, be careful y'all don't roll a nat one while doing a ranged attack right now because that could end poorly. <laughs> I considered that, yes. <laughs> You're like, I've taken it under advisement and... <laughs> Worth the risk, I guess. <laughs> okay, you sink that shot. Okay, that's uh, 1d6 for five points of damage. Okay, and did you add the two for Inspire Courage? Uh, did not, so that'll be seven. Seven points of damage. Okay, cool. That arrow sinks into her side and that looks like it hurts spiders yep um <laughs> god gross <laughs> you three are riding werewolves and then like unexpected also, also three massive spiders running through the forest which is my nightmare and not at all how i envisioned this going <laughs> yeah and they have no cumbrance from terrain which is great mm. uh the first spider rolled a Ugh. 12 to hit the uh, no. second one rolled a 21 to hit. Nope. Okay. What? Oh, well, it gets boosted by the song, right? Yes. So 23 then. Okay. Second one hits. God damn. Okay. So that is going to be bite damage. So it's running alongside Iris and just chomps her. 
Ugh, brutal. Yep. Let's go, God. <laughs> uh, that's going to be five points of damage plus poison, mm-hmm. which will last for four rounds. And it is 1d2 of strength damage as well. Oh, wow. Okay, so her strength is down three. Yep. Wait, did you say 1d2 or two points of strength damage? It was probably 1d4, not a coin. <laughs> Ye old 1d2 is, is a coin. <laughs> there is a fortitude saving throw for it. Okay. That's a 20. Okay, that, that's negated then. Okay, no poison. Cool. Was there any damage because it was plus two if you hadn't added it? Five damage from the spider becomes seven, yeah? Yes, correct. All right, nice. I know that like as a bard, it maybe feels like you're not doing a thing, but like all of these additional damage points are yours. Yeah. You have done so much damage to Iris at this point by just like talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll try to fly through this one. Uh, Third spider is going to try for a ranged attack again with the web. Okay. That'll be uh, 21. Plus two? Uh, 23. All right, yeah, that'll hit. Okay. Do I do a save to try to avoid entanglement? The DC is 12 for that, so. Okay. See oh, yeah, she, ma- she made it. Yeah, okay. And then lastly is Rulthawine on a swipe, and that's going to be a natural one. So that's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I pictured that, like, the webbing kind of went around her, but she just busted through it. Yeah, I think Rulthawine actually gets caught in some of this webbing. Oh. And Rulthuin is going to be out the next round. Okay. Uh, that's me. Okay, Reva. All right. Reva's just going to throw her dagger again. Okay. Yeah, no no need to get clever with it. Uh-huh. 10 plus 9 plus 2 from Ira. So that's a 21. And that doesn't make it. It almost makes it. It doesn't, though. Okay. So you try to throw your dagger and it misses. But not so badly that it hits Gideon. All right. I'm going to roll really quick. Okay, Pax and Orland managed to get some hits off on Iris as she's running, just slashing at her with their claws again. Pax and Orland swipe at Iris as she runs. Rora jumps as if she's going to bite Iris, and then at the last minute sees Gideon and closes her mouth because she can't risk it. Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> Iris, who is closest? Me. <laughs> Besides you. <laughs> I think Ira and Solus probably took off as soon as they could, so they may be the closest. Would you intentionally get close to her, or would you hang back because you're playing music? I think maybe intentionally hung back a little bit, but was still in front of, like, the front of the pack. Okay. Then Iris is going to, to turn suddenly and attempt to take you and Solus down. Oh, boy. Okay, so she succeeds in tackling Solus. And I'm going to need a reflex save from you because if you don't jump off Solus quickly, you will get crushed under their weight. Oh, cool. And good. 20. Okay, yeah, you managed to roll out from underneath Solus. You are dismounted. Mm-hmm. And Iris and Solus scuffle for a minute and Iris sinks her teeth into Solus. Oof. And Gideon, I need a <laughs> I need a reflex saving throw from you too. Oh, God. <laughs> 12 plus 6, 18. Okay. Iris doesn't actually, like, roll over. You manage to stay on her back and not get flung off. You know, at this point, I kind of wish I would. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can <laughs> voluntarily leave. <laughs> you can jump off if you want. <sighs> if you jump off her and try to leave her melee range, she gets an attack of opportunity on you. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. So Iris and Solus have this altercation, and then Iris disengages 
and presses forward. Was Ira not able to do anything after that? Actually, you can, because Iris was leaving your square of attack. Yeah. So you can do a melee attack, not a crossbow. Hit her with your drum. <laughs> Smack her. Slap her as she leaves. <laughs> I don't know how much damage my drum would do. <laughs> D4 plus your strength. I mean, I also have a dagger. I mean, that would probably work better. Yeah, probably, <laughs> you know. Just imagining Ira looking between the drum and the dagger like, hmm, hmm. what do I do? <laughs> well... His drum is very precious to him, so I think he's going to use his dagger. <laughs> okay, great. I don't know how to use weapons. I never use them, so. <laughs> oh, sh- same. <laughs> you roll a d20. Okay. And then you add your base attack modifier plus your strength. 18? Uh, that probably doesn't hit, huh? It's plus two because of your magic. Oh, okay. So 20, but still doesn't hit, huh? No, it doesn't hit. Okay, so you try to take a slice at Iris as she passes. Solus grabs you and swings you back onto his back, okay. if you're cool with that. Uh-huh. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> the next leg of this, Iris veers a sharp left and leaps into a wide, strong river with a great splash and begins swimming with the current. The river twists and turns, churning over boulders, and you can see Iris paddling hard to keep her head above water. Gideon, you are still on Iris's back and you are now in this river too. And Reva, Pax is in hot pursuit. You are very close to Iris and Gideon. And Harlow is also coming up close with Tonrir on their back. Solus and Ira, you are falling a little behind. So first is Gideon. Well, she's just going to channel more of that energy into her. Okay. So yeah, it says you can use this melee touch attack up to one time per level. Hey, can you freeze the river? Can I freeze the river? <laughs> Can I freeze the river? (laughs) Can. (laughs) Types in Google, can I freeze the river? I think it's a question directed at someone. It kind of depends on what your magic is. So tell me what you're trying to do and I'll tell you if you can freeze the whole ass river. Um, Well, if I cast that ice lick again. Mm-hmm. It says that it coats all. Oh, it says it coats all solid surfaces in a thin mm. coating of ice. Damn. So I, okay. yeah, <laughs> so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think I can do that. What else do I have in my old spell book here? Let's see. Gideon rapidly flips through a book (laughs) (laughs) while in water. (laughs) You know what? I love that image. Let's go out on that, Gideon. Rapidly flipping through her spellbook on the back of a murderous <laughs> werewolf, submerged up to her hip in water, the river roaring around her as she thinks, hmm, what spells do I know? 